I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time. For episode number 245 of the So Wizard Podcast, I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo, my co-host this week, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. All right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. (laughs) You know what time time it is. (laughs) (laughs) You broke my radio voice. Hold on. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis. Markellis Reagans. What is going on, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Hello to all the ladies out there in podcast land. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we've got a metric butt ton of news to talk about straight out of Star Wars Celebration. And then it's time to check out what happened at me and Markellis' trip to Empire State Comic Con in Albany, New York. All the fun, all the panels, all the cosplay, all the polyfill. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing this week? Aubrey, what's going on? Oh, not much. It is, um, it's probably like July here right now. July in Massachusetts where it's hot. Some whole bunch of like thunderstorms and everything. Um, all of our flowers are coming up. The pollen is moving. Probably like July-ish, how July is in Massachusetts here. Other than that, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy has happened in the past week. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear you again. And Mark Ellis, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I finally finished editing last week's episode, and I am ready to move on to this week's episode. <laughs> I hear you. It was fun to spend a whole day with you in Albany, New York, but uh, I am really tired. So, mm-hmm. how was your week, Joey? You were gone last week. Oh, I know. I was. I was very sad to miss last week's podcast. So, um, basically, what happened was my life is very precariously balanced, and usually because we're crazy, we always try to review the movies uh, the weekend they come out, <laughs> so we can have the show up right away for you because we're nuts and 
I just I couldn't find time to get a showing of Shazam in last weekend. Like I had to go see it with my kids. They both want to see it. And so there's no way I couldn't be a dick and like just go see it without him. And monetarily, I, like it cost me so much money to take the three of us to the movies anyway. There was no way I was going to go again by myself and then go again with the kids. So especially after just spending like fifty dollars on in-game tickets. So. Uh, you know, Friday, my son, my daughter had something going on Friday night and I had to work Friday night, so I couldn't go Friday. And then Saturday I had to work Saturday night and my daughter had something going on Saturday. And then Sunday, my son had a birthday party. And and then Sunday night I went to my friend's house, uh, Derek from not another nerdy podcast. And we watched WrestleMania. So it was just the weekend was so booked. It, it just, I couldn't fit it in. So I don't know. Thank, thankfully, uh, DD sweets was very nice for them to uh, fill in for me last week, and I was sad. I missed my first show since last February, but I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah, it was nice having Didi on and uh, getting his opinion on uh, on Shazam. I still haven't listened to that part of the show because I still have not seen Shazam yet. So. Yeah, we spoil it right from the jump, like right from the beginning. Right. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting to. Uh, I'm waiting to see Shazam, and I'll go back and listen to your guys' opinions. I don't know if I'll be angry or happy or agreeing or disagreeing, but uh, hopefully I'll get that in at some point this week. So I'm always trying to get it in every week, but <laughs> this week especially, I, I got to make sure. So and and I'm exhausted from uh, the con yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what being awake for 23 straight hours will do to you. But that's neither here nor there. We'll get to that eventually. Mark Ellis, why don't you tell the listeners, because every episode could be someone's first, where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com, where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you also find some movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you'll find some Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy, the awesome Adam Wallyhawk. Uh, you'll find some of our merchandise there. You can purchase some of our T-shirts. Look good while you're representing the show. Uh, a great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping right through the link that we keep on a website. Click on that A, the big yellow A. You do your shopping, you receive your Amazon products, and you'll be helping out our show. Uh, another uh, great way to support our show is through our Patreon page patreon.com backslash so is your podcast uh, a small monetary donation and uh, you'll receive bonus content from so is your podcast uh, if you look on the website you'll find our facebook twitter and instagram pages you can uh, hit us up on social media uh, you can also find our podcast on the apple podcast uh, give us a five-star review while you're there Find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play, and also through Spotify and through an amazing app called Podcoin, which we've talked about on the show before. Shout out to all of our podcasting buddies all over the world. Back to you, Joey. Hello, ladies. How'd you like to spend a little quality time with this sexy bad, huh? Yeah, buddy. Amazing. All right, Marcellus. We got a lot to discuss. Drop it like it's hot. Let's get at this news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, so this week, uh, it looks like it's all Disney. Disney stuff. They announced uh, they're doing a Star Wars celebration right now in Chicago. And, uh, and Disney obviously because they own Star Wars, is making a lot of noise 
for what's going on with the Star Wars universe uh, and a Disney universe for that matter. Uh, so let's start with uh, the talk of the Disney Plus app. We had talked about it before on the show. Uh, they did announce a price, six ninety nine. Uh, looks like it's going to be coming out in November. Um, they did announce that there's going to be uh, possibly a show based around Hawkeye and uh, Kate Bishop, uh, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, they gave us some clips from The Mandalorian and uh, and some other teases of uh, things that they're going to be coming out with. So what do you guys think of, I know I, I probably asked you this before, but what do you guys think of Disney Plus only coming in at six ninety nine as opposed to uh, all the other streaming services? And uh, with it starting in November, we having a, a date or we have a time and a price. Is Are you more apt to uh, get it now? Joey, I'm pretty sure your answer is yes. But uh, Aubrey, what about you? Are you ready for Disney Plus? Um, you know, after watching the, the Mandalorian video that was circulating, I am more persuaded to spend money. I, I think it looks cool. Um, I probably, I'll think a lot about it, but I'm sure in the end I'll end up bending and getting it. <laughs> Bend the knee, get the yep, Disney Plus. I will. That, that's the thing that sold you to Mandalorian stuff? Yeah. Wow. I know. It's a pretty hard sell. Oh, all right. All right, Joey, how about you, man? Dude, I've, I've been all in for like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm super all in. I liked the stuff they showed. I like the look of everything. It looks like a clean, easy-to-use interactive, interactive app. Because it's not like I wasn't going to get it anyway, but I was hoping the interface wasn't shit. Um, do you guys have Amazon Prime, Amazon Video? Yeah. Yes. Isn't that like complete doo-doo? It's not that bad it, it it i don't watch it that much but it helps if you know what you're looking for you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah i mean there's not too much in prime video that um i do watch sometimes they have like free stuff that i can watch that is of interest but yeah i mean there's not too much free stuff on there that i care too much about i just i hate the i hate the app we only use it on our tv maybe it's different on mobile or uh through a console, uh, video game console, but in terms of the uh, smart TV app, it, it's trash. And I don't even really like the new Hulu, way the new Hulu looks either. But like the interface for Disney Plus looks nice and clean and easy to use, so I'm all in there. Um, obviously, the content, you know, MCU shows direct from Marvel Studios with actual movie actors. I mean, come on, Are you kidding me right now? Like, amazing, amazing, and. Uh, Obviously, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to that. But the uh, Mandalorian looks fantastic. Uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, Anybody? (laughs) No. High School Musical, colon, the musical, colon, the series. (laughs) What about Monsters Monsters, Inc.? Aubrey, does uh, Noah like Monsters Inc.? Surprisingly, no. He's more into like Aliens versus Predators right now. Because they announced uh, Monsters at Work, which is going to have like all the original cast from Monsters Inc. come and do the TV series. Yeah, somebody made like a Lego version of Alien on uh, YouTube, and now that's all he wants to talk to me about is Alien versus Predator. Yikes! I'll just show him Alien versus Predator Requiem, and he won't like it anymore. We had a discussion about how he can't watch it until he's sixty, and he thinks that that's great. Oh wow! Well, my daughter's only got two more years before she's officially allowed to play with Bratz dolls. So <laughs> maybe they can hang out together and play Bratz and watch Alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but uh, I am I'm all in, Mark. I, I would have been all in at ten dollars a month, so or or even fifteen dollars a month just for the content. I mean, between all the movies, all the TV shows, the back catalog stuff, and all the new stuff, I, I can't imagine how can, you can't be like people like us, like into like nerdy genre shows, like cartoons, all that stuff, and not want to get this app. I can't fathom. It, to me, I can't fathom not wanting this app just to be able to have easy access to like the black cauldron yep. in HD. <laughs> my body is ready. <laughs> yeah, it's like a complete turnaround from the old days of Disney where they would lock their movies in a vault for seven years and you couldn't, you know, no one could see it at all. Now they're like, we're just going to take the doors off the vault and there it is. It's all going to be only, there for you. Only the song of the South. <laughs> Thank God. You don't, we don't, exactly. you don't think they're going to put that on there? They're not going to put that no. on there. Because uh, Warner Brothers released all those old, uh, ins- excuse me, quote unquote, racially insensitive uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. They just had like an intro where they explained like the historical context of it. I don't know why they wouldn't just release it. Yeah, it's, because, it- it's because families aren't like aren't gathered around the TV to watch Warner Brothers cartoons. You know what I mean? Like those uh, old those old Warner Brothers cartoons are for old people. People who remember yeah. them from when they were a kid. No new kids are gonna be watching that stuff. Disney, that just the name alone means that they can't they can't have that shit on there. I've never seen it. I have no idea like how bad it is. <laughs> I mean it could be horrible. I don't know. I just it seems weird that they wouldn't even just like find a way to release it so people would shut up about it and be like, All right, this is awful, I'm sorry, and here you can watch it if you want. Yeah. Hey, those people can go stand next to the people uh, demanding the release of the Snyder cut. Oh God! Release. What if Zack Snyder made a remake of Sonic of the South, <laughs> and then the directing was taken away from him in, in post? <laughs> Release Do you see the that Snyder they're going to have all thirty seasons of The Simpsons on well, Disney Plus. Thankfully, there's only about ten good ones, so <laughs> it's not as much to watch. <laughs> That's cool though, man. There's gonna be a lot of stuff on there, and all that stuff's gonna slowly start disappearing off other streaming services. So you're not gonna be getting these things on Amazon or Netflix. So I mean, Captain Marvel is gonna be the first Marvel movie not on Netflix, right? But in fact, on Disney Plus, right? Because it's been nice um, with these movies popping up on Netflix. Because like, if I'm bored or I need background noise, I can throw on like. The Marvel movies are on there. Uh, I've watched like half an hour, 20 minutes of solo Yeah, for the last like two weeks while I'm doing shit. It's been great. So, I mean, that's another positive. But I'm really excited for a lot of the more obscure stuff like the Black Cauldron. Like I'm hoping all those weird like live action Disney movies will be on there. Like Kurt Russell is the computer wore tennis shoes. Never saw it. Oh, well, those were all like. Wonderful world of Disney, like they used to be on on Sunday nights, like weird live action movies. Now, like not the, quite human. The it does who- look like they will have some live action movies, so like some that are rumored, uh, like Father of the Bride, uh, Parent Trap, Sandlot, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Hey, long- yeah, we had talked about that Sandlot TV show a couple weeks ago, and we weren't sure where it was going to pop up, but apparently it's going to be on Disney streaming. So that would make sense. That would make sense. It seems more like a family. TV show designed around a family. The one that the only one that I really want is the remake of Pollyanna, starring a uh, Keith Knight Pullian as Polly. That's the only uh, Disney Sunday Night movie that I remember really loving. Um, I don't think she'll be reprising the role. 
I don't want a remake. I just want that original nineteen eighty eight movie. Yeah. Was her friend Bud from Cosby Show on there as well? No, no, he wasn't on there. But the kid from uh, one of the kids from Mighty Ducks was on there. Oh, that was a deep cut for you, by the way. <laughs> Bud. Yep. <laughs> Talking about like extreme background characters in the Cosby Show. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of women used to watch the Cosby show, but they'd start getting sleepy. Wow. I'm editing all of that out. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Disney Plus, I'm all in. Um, You know, maybe if you guys are a little wishy-washy, you can borrow my code (laughs) and check it out. Mark Ellis and Aubrey cannot like all of (laughs) (laughs) this. I want to get my account banned. I'll probably get it and then share it amongst my family members. That's the plan, Stan. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so they, they did release some footage from the Mandalorian TV show. What do you think of uh, the visual cues of the Mandalorian TV show? I'm really excited about it. I think it looks freaking awesome. I love John, John Favreau. He's been doing amazing on everything he's put out lately. Mm, you think it's kind of odd that they're doing a lot of practical effects for a TV show. <laughs> One of the main reasons why we haven't had a live action Star Wars TV show in all these years is because it costs so much money to recreate those worlds. And here we are all these years later and they're making a live action Star Wars TV show and they're using practical effects, like models, like real models, not CG models, like actual models that they're they're filming an old school way. That seems like it would take a lot more time and a lot more money. seems like they're moving well, backwards. Well, that's because, you know, when we were talking a million years ago about Star Wars Underworld being a TV show, they were shopping around, you know, NBC, CBS or ABC would have had to put the money up right, and make this show for 22 episodes of a season. And now this is a eight to 10 episode show that's supposed to entice you to spend six ninety nine a month on Disney streaming service. They're more than happy to throw that money. Like the landscape of television is so different than it was god how long ago was that they were looking at underworld as a show was that uh, maybe like six years ago seven years no, ago no, it's uh, more than 2012 that. yeah so i mean that that's only seven years ago but like tv is so different now than it was then yeah so you know they don't have to have abc throw up like ninety thousand million dollars to make the show like they can say all right fuck you we're doing it <laughs> and you're gonna want it and you're gonna love it yeah, yeah, I think it, it does look cool. I mean, it's weird to see 2019 behind the scenes footage, and it looks like it's it's they're using the same techniques as two, as uh, 1977. Um, but it it does look pretty cool. Uh, Carl Weathers looks pretty cool in it, and uh, Gina Carano looks cool in it. So, um, yeah, I'm psyched for it. I think it's gonna look pretty. I think it's pretty badass. I'm super pumped for it, obviously. But uh, what I'm excited about is I love I, I you know I used to be an old school Star Wars EU novel fan. Yep. Did you guys used to read all those books or no? No. I have some, but not a lot of them. I used to read all of them. <laughs> so seeing like weird niche stuff that's not the main saga is I love it. I love it. Like random characters off in the distance, like doing something that has nothing to do with. Luke, Han, Leia, and Darth Vader and all that stuff. Like, 
I, I, it's amazing. I, it's, it's what I've always wanted from a Star Wars TV show. Um, I love obviously Boba Fett, one of my favorite characters of all time. So exploring more of that is fantastic. Uh, the bounty hunters, probably one of the best parts of Empire Strikes Back. So fuck yeah. A TV show just about bounty hunting in the Star Wars universe. Like shut up and take my money. And uh, Pedro Pascal is pretty awesome. So I'm kind of excited to see him as the main character. Hopefully he'll take the helmet off. Um, in the show, because we didn't see any of that in the footage. It was just like him walking in slow motion a lot. Yeah. Which I guess is because they don't want to show anything. But, you know, I am super excited about it. Um, and I read online that they someone else saw more footage of it. And they said they showed every bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back except for Lom. So count me in. <laughs> I think it's cool that it takes place six years after Return of the Jedi, so there's still a chance we can see some other characters from uh, the original mm-hmm. franchise pop up. I don't know how they would do that, though. You know, not not like integrated into the story, but just kind of like a, uh, hey, look, there's a so-and-so. Or, hey, look, that's what happened with so-and-so after Jedi. Mm-hmm. Just to, yeah, just to connect the worlds a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely characters that haven't been explored in... Uh, the sequels too that they can use like Neen Noom and uh, uh, Wedge. I don't think we've seen anything with Wedge. <laughs> you know, go. he's still alive. I'm yeah, sure uh, Dennis Lawson could use some money. <laughs> and hey, if, if this is a big hit, which I can't imagine it's not, I know they've talked about taking what they were going to do for an Obi-Wan movie and making it into the next series on Disney plus. So I really want to see a Leia solo show. I I'm interested to see how she got to be. The person that she is. Millie Bobby Brown as young Leia. Book it. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah, I would be all for that. Uh, all right. So there was also a preview for the new Star Wars game Jedi Fallen Order. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, that takes place a little bit after. It looks like episode three. Where you get to play out as a character who uh, was training to be a Jedi. But now, um, obviously, with Order 66, killing everyone. He's trying to hide his abilities uh, while making his way through the world. Uh, I'm not a video game person. I just watched all of the the cinematic scenes, but it looked kind of cool. Uh, I'm not really sure what the draw of it is because you know if, you, if you're gonna have a, a story about a Jedi, I want to see some lightsabers and shit. Um, but I didn't see any of that in the trailer. So based on uh, based on what they showed, what did you guys think of this new video game, uh, Joey? <laughs> I'm going to be a very boring person on this show with all this Star Wars news because I love Star oh, Wars. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm all in on this, dude. Oh, my God. It looks fucking phenomenal. I mean, they haven't didn't show any gameplay, so this is all, like, cinematics, obviously, right. like, story setting. But I, I'm all in on this. Uh, talking about video games, it's a single-player game. There's no stupid multiplayer focus. There's no... I don't even know what you call those things. Like, loot boxes. There's no fucking take all these cards and mix them together to make like more powerful weapons to use in multiplayer. Like there's none of that bullshit. It's you controlling a guy and play the game and, and do the story. And I'm fucking all in, (laughs) I I guess got to see more of the gameplay and what that looks like, but just based on the trailer all in. And just like I said, for Mandalorian, like I love these little side stories with non like major characters taking place off to the side. Only thing that would be a downside to me is I'm kind of sick of that time period. Yeah. Because they've done a lot in the between three and four and the Clone Wars. They've done a lot in that space. So it's just kind of like, oh, great. Here's another (laughs) 
another missing Padawan that gets to have an adventure, you know, which kind of goes against everything I just said. But it, it's uh, it, it's just, I, I'd like to see them explore something else. You know, it's it's you can't really do much in the sequel trilogy because literally episode eight starts immediately after seven. So th- right. there's nothing to, to just kind of shove like books where Luke fights uh, lizards that fly <laughs> pyramids in. <laughs> like, there's nothing, no way to do that. But um, I'm excited, man, if if it holds up. I mean, Mark, you never played video games, but Aubrey, you remember the Force uh, Unleashed? Yes. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's kind of like that, you know, but uh, not as shitty as part two. That's so is that the one with uh, that dude is like Vader's apprentice and he had like two lightsabers? Yes. He held backwards. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. I remember renting that out when I worked at Blockbuster. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were fun games. They're mindless, like hack and slash. It was just that the second one you could beat in like four hours and it was a $60 game. So oh, God. All right. Aubrey, you're the you're the other video game expert on the show. How do you feel about Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order? I mean, I, I agree with Joey. I'd like to see some gameplay because I I feel like anybody could make a really good movie, essentially, and, and show me what they want the video game to look. But then the gameplay, you get to the gameplay and it's it's shit. Look at The Order 18, 1886. Uh, let's not. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a beautiful game, absolutely freaking beautiful, but it was a movie. There was hardly any gameplay in in the game whatsoever, and it was very short. Um, the whole game itself was just cutscene after cutscene. So you could show me a video all you want, but I've been burned by the order. So I know not to put all my money in. So I'd, I'd like to see some gameplay. I'd like to know how much gameplay is in the actual game uh, versus uh, cutscenes, stuff like that. So I'd, I want the technical details of it before I'm excited. Nice. All right, yeah, I won't play this game at all, so I'll just wait for you guys' uh, opinions on it. Um, uh, all right, so then, well, I guess there's, there's only one last thing to talk about regarding uh, Star Wars. We finally got our first look at some actual footage from episode nine, and we got the title, Will of the Force. (laughs) No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm reading my notes here. That is incorrect. Uh, The actual title of the next Star Wars movie is Rise of Skywalker. We got to see uh, Rey. It looks like she was doing some training, going up against a uh, what looks kind of like Kylo Ren's TIE fighter. Um, they did edit the footage. So Excuse it, me, that's a TIE silencer? Oh, sorry, uh, I apologize. Uh, a TIE, Kylo Ren's TIE silencer. Uh, the footage was cut to look like he was piloting it, but uh, I can't trust any of those trailers. Um, we got a look at all of the group, except for uh, Rose Tico, which I'm a little saddened about. We got a look at a new droid, a look at the villains, and a look at one scene that I'm not going to lie. I almost teared up when I first saw it. Uh, Lando Calrissian is back in the franchise. Uh, he was uh, piloting the Millennium Falcon next to Chewbacca. Uh, and a little a little other, a little bit of a surprise towards the end of it. So, Aubrey, what did you think of this trailer? I am super hyped to see the rest of it. I, I mean, seeing Lando was fantastic. I can't wait to see what he does in this movie. I'm, I'm just... I don't have any words. I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. I can't wait to see more. 
All right. Joy, what about you? All I said was that I wasn't familiar with Star Wars because I've been too busy liking cool things and being attractive. Yeah. <laughs> I am super excited for this. I want it all over my face immediately. Like right now. Let's go. Let's go to the movie theater right now. Any, I am so pumped. Dude. Anything that like really impressed you about the footage? Um, all of it. All of it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Poe Dameron dressed like uh, Drake from Uncharted. Um, uh, Dio. Ronnie James Dio is back. Um, the holy diver of a robot that's going to be there hanging out with BB-8. Um, Lando looks great. Yep. Trying to like visualize the whole trailer in my head again. Uh, Princess Leia, obviously that's going to be tough to watch. Um, yeah, they, blend, it, they blended that footage in like really good. Like it looks like, uh, it looks like new footage of her. They did a really yeah, well, it's all B-roll and uh, extra scenes they cut for Force Awakens mm-hmm. and I guess some from Last Jedi. Yep. Uh, JJ's flat flat out set on stage like there will there's not going to be a CG Leia in this. They're not going to recast or use CG. So I don't know if that means they're not they not they can't cut her out of like wherever she was in that original scene and like paste it into a new scene or something. But, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, we're not going to have a Rogue One Grand Moff Tarkin action going on in this so uh yeah i'm just i'm super pumped dude i guess this was better than i anticipated my excitement level is more than anticipated i gotta be honest with you i wasn't like super like frothing at the mouth for this because um and i'm not gonna open that door but uh, the last jedi didn't really end on a cliffhanger that made you like run through a brick wall to get to the movies in December. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Do you guys feel the same way? Like, yes, I feel the same way. I, I think it ended perfectly. It, it ended like, um, like the old movies used to end with a, you know, we're, we're down, but we're not out. Uh, boss Nass lifted up a big orb and said, peace. That's how it ended. <laughs> yeah. Except for there was no orb. No, so, but yeah, that's the thing. Like it was the second movie in the trilogy. Oh God, here we go. The last Jedi. But so, like, Empire Strikes Back, like, Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. Luke gets his hand cut off. Darth Vader's his father. What's happening? Oh, my God. Three years later, we have to wait. Like, I didn't feel any of that pull from the ending of Last Jedi. Like, obviously, I liked it. Obviously, I was like, cool. Can't wait to see what happens going forward. But there wasn't, like, a hook that was like, oh, my God, I have to find out why Kylo Ren cut off Ray's arms and legs. <laughs> right. But there, was- there wasn't any. There was a hook at the end of episode seven into episode eight. Right. So there there wasn't a hook between episode four and episode five. Episode four ended with, you know, we made it through. Congratulations. Episode six ended with we made it through. Congratulations. The hook was there's only one hook in the original trilogy, and that's episode five. You got your hip, your hook in episode seven from episode yeah, but eight. That, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it, it didn't leave me in a place where I was like desperately trying to figure out what's going to happen so i was excited but then you know how i feel about star wars right yes <laughs> so i the day i wasn't gonna watch the trailer right away because i freaking worked the night before and i was exhausted and then friday is like the worst night at work so i need to sleep and i was trying to sleep and some fucking guy came to the door and rang the goddamn doorbell <laughs> at like ten forty-five. And I was like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> and then they were like stomping around on my porch, not like in a rude way, but like they were milling about on my porch. And 
there are people that will go to people's houses and like ring the doorbell and see if anyone answers. And if no one answers, then they'd like fucking break in your house because right. no one's home. So I'm like, well, that's not fucking happening here. So now I've got my baseball bat out of the closet. I'm like peeking out the window. Like, what's this fucking guy doing? And it was just some guy with a clipboard. Like he was checking his phone and like getting his himself back together and going on to the next house. But now I was fully awake. Of course. <laughs> Adrenaline, adrenaline's pumping. You're ready to like kick some ass. Right. So it wasn't as bad as the time the fucking water meter guy was just in our backyard randomly without asking. And I was, had to go outside and be like, this is a good way for you to get shot. So <laughs> next time you might want to fucking like knock on the front door before you start just walking around in my backyard. Because <laughs> like I wake up to a noise in the middle of the day. I'm all groggy and there's just some guy I don't know in my backyard. Well, uh, castle doctor in. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like um Anyway, I sat down and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch the whole panel and just sitting there waiting for the countdown, hearing the Star Wars music. I'm like, oh, I love Star Wars. <laughs> watch the panel and I'm like, oh, I love Star Wars. <laughs> and then the uh, trailer played and I'm like, fuck, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> One of the things that I absolutely loved about the trailer is something that uh, I've been kind of wanting is kind of a question I had, like even back during my original view of episode seven, um, I wanted these characters to feel like they earn the right to be the new face of the franchise. You know what I mean? Like I wanted the next generation of kids to grow up watching these Star Wars movies and feeling the way that I felt when I saw Luke, Han, and Leia. Um, and I didn't quite get that from episode seven or episode eight, but it was cool to see them all together at the end of the trailer and then looking at the remains of the Death Star which I'm like, oh shit, they're they're definitely going on an, a big adventure all together. And then you get the uh, Emperor's laugh at the at the end of it, which uh definitely I wasn't quite sure what it was at first. I wasn't I wasn't able to say that that's definitely the Emperor. I thought it could have been Snoke, you know, as far as I knew. Uh but then seeing uh Ian McDermott at the uh during the footage after they played the trailer, seeing him on stage, I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're definitely referencing the Emperor." So uh yeah, I'm psyched to see that this movie looks like it's going to be more of an old-school Star Wars adventure with all of the main characters together. Aubrey, how do you feel about the Emperor coming back? Um, I'm curious to see how that happened. I don't think he'll be back like people think he'll be back. You know what I mean? Like, people are expecting him to be a character, like, walking around. No. No. Maybe he'll be a ghost. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, they don't have... Oh God! Here we go. I'm I'm really sorry. I promise you guys, I have known the touch of a woman. I promise. <laughs> um, dark side users can't turn into force ghosts after they die, but the dark side can inhabit a place. So it's very possible Palpatine still died at the end of Return of the Jedi, but he see since he was such a powerful dark side user, his essence kind of imbibed in that area of the death star that's crashed on indoor and they have to go there and do something involving some kind of MacGuffin that also involves dealing with his spirit in essence being in that place. Kind of like on Dagobah when there was a dark side cave or on Octo when there's a dark side hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. That is, thank you for attending my Ted talk. Thank you. (laughs) That would be that would make absolutely perfect sense because that the Death Star is like the epitome of evil in the universe and the Emperor was the main dude. So him dying in the second Death Star, yeah, it would make sense that you would travel through that and and that's where you'll you'll be tested 
like Luke was in Empire. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Right. And and that's I mean, when I see a lot of people shitting on the trailer, I think that they're really expecting like Emperor Palpatine to be up and walking around <laughs> and like being Snoke or Kylo Ren type archetype in this movie. And that's I don't think that's what they're going for at all. But who am I to talk? I'm just a longtime Star Wars nerd. They'll, they'll find his chair at the bottom of the of the water and he'll, he'll it'll slowly turn around and the Emperor just be sitting there like, oh, it's about time. <laughs> Somebody come get me out of this out of this chair. It's gonna be like I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> That's right. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the movie is coming out this year. I, I am glad that they held off giving us any kind of footage until this point in time because it makes it's gonna. It, it doesn't seem like it's that far away. Uh, it'll be out. I believe it's December twentieth of this year. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I think it's going to be good. It's it's going to wrap up the new trilogy and it's going to wrap up the entire Skywalker saga. Oh, what did you guys think of the title, Rise of Skywalker? Um, it's it's really cool. I I wasn't expecting it to be Rise of Skywalker. I'm a, I'm curious to see what that story is. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I it doesn't roll off the tongue, but it, it'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way I did when the title was The Phantom Menace. Like at first I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but now it's like I couldn't imagine another title for that movie. Just it takes time, but it'll get there. So I, I'm curious to see what the title means in terms of the story for the movie. Um a lot of people are flipping out online saying that Ray is actually Obi-Wan's daughter, Luke's daughter, Leia's daughter, um Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's daughter. Um I don't know, but I, I have a feeling that she's just going to take the last name at the end of the movie because she doesn't have a last name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking she's uh, she's made out of uh, midichlorians like uh, like Anakin was. That's what I'm thinking. See, that? see, I, I can I can see that, but I almost feel like that's too nerdy. <laughs> like they, they talk about that in episode one and they quickly brush it aside and it's never really talked about again in the main movies. Right. I mean, yes, it's talked about in nerdy novels and Star Wars, like role playing game handbooks, like stuff that I would read that like my wife has no idea even exists and is probably good because, you know, I tend to like sleeping with her at some point. So like I don't want her to know I read source books for Star (laughs) Wars role playing games. But um, so I don't know, like how in depth they would go with that, you know, like it, it seems almost a step too far. It's easy to say, yes, your parents were dirtbags that left you on Jakku. You're actually super force sensitive. Who knew? And uh, now she's going to take an adopted name of Skywalker because she loved Luke so much. The end. And hopefully she kills Kylo Ren. (laughs) And somebody gets Rose Tico a new outfit. (laughs) At least find her. Where is she? She was on stage. She's in the movie. She was on stage at Celebration. Uh, Did you guys watch the panel at all? No. Aubrey, did you see any of the panel? No, I didn't. Dude, she's cute in real life. Yeah. Like she's not. I, why did they fucking put her in a potato sack in the movie? <laughs> They're like, uh, I'm sorry. It's in Daisy Ridley's contract that we can only have one attractive female in the movie. So we're going to have to make you look as dumpy as possible. She's a resistance fighter. She's not there to be like eye candy to the resistance. She's there to like fix stuff. Well, get her at Jabba's palace or something. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> she's not that bad. It's not that bad looking compared to what she looks like in the movie. So I don't know. I don't know, dude, what they were thinking, but I'm excited. I'm super excited. Like I said on Twitter, it's very hard for me to have rational conversations about star Wars. 
because I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so ingrained in me. It's a part of me. I named my fucking kids after Star Wars characters. Like I can't. I love it warts and all. I can't have a rational discussion about Star Wars because if something Star Wars is coming out, I'm all in. I'm fucking. It's like every generation has a legend and I'm fucking crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry. I can't handle this. (laughs) Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Uh, I just want Lando to to keep the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I know it's it's Ray's. I guess Leah gave her the keys to it, but I want Lando to get his ship back. Well, they've had that that scene in Solo where he's like, I want my ship back. And he said, over my dead body. Mm -hmm. So, well, (laughs) (laughs) Han's gone now. I'll take the keys. Thanks. That should be the extent of his scene. Like, he literally doesn't have anything to do with the story. <laughs> he just shows up and's like, all right, well, see you guys later. <laughs> he sees Ray. Hey, who has the keys to my ship? Oh, hello. You sweet truly thing. belong with us here among the clouds. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Come on, Chewbacca. Let's go. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, um, all right. So that's it for Star Wars news and other, like, really small Sequel news, uh, we are getting a sequel to Tomb Raider, uh, the movie that came out, oh, God, it was like a year ago, two years ago? I think so, yeah. Uh, Did you watch that with us, Aubrey? Yes. Yeah, and Aubrey loved it, right? If I remember correctly. It was okay. <laughs> I can't remember a fucking goddamn thing about that movie other than I really found Tomb Raider attractive. Uh, um, I remember her doing something very gravity. What did she cut... She cut something. I remember her like <laughs> losing her leg or something. She was gonna lose her leg. In Tomb Raider? Yeah, she had a really bad infection in her leg. One where she finds her dad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll take uh, I'll take your that. word for it. I don't it. remember that much about it. <laughs> well, anyway, the movie made enough money somewhere that the studio was like, hey, let's make another one. So uh yeah, they get another one. Uh we're gonna get a second Tomb Raider, supposedly. Uh, I'll be Sure. I'll be like unbelievably stunned if this movie actually does come out. Um, do we want another Tomb Raider, Joey? Uh, I'll go see it for, on a matinee. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. It was just so two and a half out of five that I literally can't remember anything other than the fact that I think Alicia Vikander is attractive. Yeah. So if it involves more of her running in a tight, dirty tank top, <laughs> I guess I'm all in. But yeah, I mean, it's not like somebody's like, hey, guys, we're starting an Independence Day resurgence cinematic universe. Like, I have no fucking reaction to this at all. It's just, okay, I'm sure we'll watch it for the podcast, and hopefully it'll be a lot better. But it could be worse. It could be, what was the second Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider? The Circle of Life? <laughs> the Cradle of Life? There you go. Cradle number two, the grave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it can't be worse than that, right? I vaguely remember that movie. The only thing I remember from that movie is the poster because she looked <laughs> she looked really good in that poster. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, Aubrey, if there's a Tomb Raider two and uh, we make you go see it, would you be excited for that? I won't be excited per se, but I won't be angry. All right, I, I'm looking forward to it being Adam Wally Hawk's Netflix streaming pick in a couple of years because uh, <laughs> that, that movie's never going. That movie is a not coming out, b never making it to the theaters if it does get made. It's going to make it to the theaters because it probably made like a bunch of money in China or like some other foreign country. And that's why they're making it again. Yeah, that's what I said, dude. It's It made money somewhere. It wasn't here. It wasn't here in America, but it made some money somewhere. So is this going to be like Pacific Rim part two and like China's going to show up to help Tomb Raider 
and they'll just periodically stop to talk about how amazing China is and how people should who live in China should buy movie tickets to their movie. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, well, at least we get Alicia Vikander in a tank top again. I'm good. Yep. So that's all I got for the news this week. Awesome. So we'll be right back after these messages and we'll talk all about me and Mark Ellis' trip to Empire State Comic Con. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having fun listening to this episode of So Wizard Podcast. But did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to us? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We've just discovered a new app called Podcoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast you love and you earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you turn that Podcoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks or if unlike me, you're a good person, you could actually donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you got to do. Download the free app right now on your iPhone or Android device. And I've got a special code for you. Simply use our code WIZARD when you sign up and you'll get 300 PodCoin just to start off. If you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a drink at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card and it's like I gave it to you. So go ahead, go listen to this podcast or any of your other favorite shows on PodCoin and sign up with the code WIZARD. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody. So we went to Empire State Comic Con this past weekend in Albany, New York, put on by our great friends at Alter Reality Entertainment, who also do Rhode Island Comic Con, which you've heard us go to on this show. They've also got Epic Comic Con coming up in New Jersey as well. So, you know, let's just start the beginning of... We went on Saturday, you know, Friday into Saturday. I worked at my job, so 1030 at night to 630 in the morning, drove home, shaved my head because it was woofing really bad. Uh, <laughs> it was as long as my hair can possibly be at this stage of my life. Wow. And I shaved my head and, uh, well, you know, I don't do much except work and sleep. So what do I give a crap what I look <laughs> like? Um, I shaved my head, took a shower and went and picked up Mark Ellis and we began the journey. It's Empire State Comic Con. Uh, how are you feeling at this point in the morning, Mark Owens? Uh, I was fine. I was up and ready to go. Um, I downloaded the app so I could uh, organize the day, organize the panels I wanted to go to and see the creators that were going to be there and uh, packed up everything, microphone and the recorder and uh, my notebook and, uh, you know, battery charger and all of that stuff. And I was, I was ready to go. It's good to go. Sweet. So, you know, we're about. I don't know. I'd say about an hour into driving down there. And then I got a message on Facebook from our good friend Ace. Some of you may have heard of the show before, who is a uh, really cool guy who runs Lock City Anime Convention. And he also, with his wife, runs Geek Patch Trading Post. And they sell custom geek decor, which is like pillows, handbags, keychains, like light switches that are all like nerdy themes like Nintendo or superheroes. Actually, some really cool stuff. I got a uh, Zelda light switch for my son's room from them. But he messaged us and was like, hey, are you guys at the con yet? And I'm like, no, because, of course, I have to text while I drive 95 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> um, no, we're on our way. We're in the Berkshires, which is kind of like the start of like the end of Massachusetts going towards New York. And uh, he's like, okay, well we need some polyfill. I need a like 10 pound. Was it 10 pounds or what? <laughs> like a giant box, giant box size. Yeah. Yeah. Of polyfill from Walmart. And uh, he's like, I don't know if you guys could stop and grab it for me. 
and bring it to the con with you. And obviously I'll pay you back when you get here. So we're like, all right, <laughs> why not? <laughs> it wouldn't be a con without a side quest. So exactly. And this totally felt like a hundred percent side quest. That's right. So I programmed Walmart into my, uh, my GPS and we drove there and, and we go in and, and I didn't, we didn't know where the fuck this thing was. <laughs> <So the> store, <laughs> we're walking up and down the aisles. And I told him when we said yes. And like the only prerequisite, well, obviously you have to pay me back. And two, you have to send me a picture of what the hell I'm supposed to be buying. Because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this stuff is. And, it, and he did. He sent me a picture of it. So after we walked up and down some aisles for a while, I'm, I finally saw a random person that worked there. And I was like, tell me where this is. <laughs> and I showed her a picture and she directed us to it. So we get over there and I didn't realize it was going to be like this big a box. And there's a picture of me carrying it on the fucking Facebook page if you want to check it out. It was a fucking huge ass box of like stuffing. Mm-hmm, but it looked like diapers, it looked like a giant box of diapers. <laughs> right. So when we get to the con, I'm like, I message Ace. I'm like, you have to meet us at the door. <laughs> I'm not walking to the fucking con with this giant box looking like a weirdo. But he did. He met us at the door. We gave him this box and uh, he was he was thrilled. So that's what friends are for. I believe Whitney Houston said, right? <laughs> Quote unquote, Whitney Houston. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that that was our exciting side quest that we get to perform before we even got to the show. But we you know, we got there, um, headed in, and we met up with our good friend Adam Wallyhawk, who was there with us as press. You know, Adam runs our website for us and does a lot of behind the scenes stuff, including our merchandise. And he is now like head knee deep, waist deep, balls deep in our YouTube channel, making a lot of content for us. So we got him press passes with us so he could videotape yikes am i aging myself mark when i say videotape yes what the hell is a videotape can i, I find that know. next I'm to the payphone? so he could beta max i mean <laughs> <laughs> he could film uh you know us walking around and some different stuff that we saw and did and we can hopefully make a cool youtube video out of it so he did film most of the day at some of the panels and on the show floor even though we weren't supposed to film some of the stuff we filmed but we did anyway um we uh you know and it'll be our first try at making a video for a con it'll be out in a couple days as we record this and you know they'll only get better from here so we're still learning with youtube but uh i'm excited i've already seen a rough cut of what he's doing and it looks really cool so it's kind of a way to see what was there without having been there. So we met up with Adam and we hit the floor. And what did you think of the floor, Mark? Yeah, it, we were there last year, and um, right. I vaguely—I don't know—for some reason, for or some reason, I re- I remember being there, and I remember like all of the cool stuff, but I didn't remember the space itself. You know what I mean? And then once I once we got there, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I feel like I've I, I know this place up and down. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. We got a chance to walk around and start our trek to see uh to see our friends and see what's going on with the with the con i had one specific goal or two two very specific goals meet bruce leroy and meet denny o'neill who's a writer of um some classic comic books and one of my favorite batman storylines ever um so that was my main goal and obviously get some uh interviews with some uh creators along with my usual supported independent comic book artists so uh yeah once we got to the floor it was uh, it was off and running. Nice. Um, did you think the floor had a good mix of vendors? Was there anything more or less you would want to see of? No, I think it had a good mix. Uh, it it I, I'm not sure how many years this this has been. I want to say it's like probably its this second. This is the year. second year. 
Yeah, total. yeah. So you know, we usually with cons, um, you know, it depends on the the amount of things that they have. Kind of depends on the space available to them. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about this show is that even though it was uh, relatively medium, it was medium size. It wasn't a small con, but it wasn't a large con. But they were able to squeeze all of the elements that you want at a large con into this medium sized building. So the photo ops were there, the panel rooms were there. Um, there was a place to eat. It was on multiple levels. Uh, there was a decent size for independent comic book creators, and there was a, a decent section for uh, the established uh, creators too, and a nice wing for uh, the cosplayers too. So they were able to squeeze all the stuff that you expect at a con into this medium-sized place, and that I really appreciate. I felt like they had uh, everything that you could want out of a con without it being, you know, without like the the fireworks and all of the all of the extra stuff. Uh, so yeah, they everything that they had was good. I wish there was like maybe a few more cosplayers. It didn't seem like there was like a lot. I mean, not like uh, not the not the invited ones, but just like uh, just like fan cosplayers. There was a, a decent amount, but I'm I was uh, kind of expecting a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree with you on that point. It it definitely felt because you know, one of the things we like to do when we're at one of these shows is take a lot of pictures of people that are in costume. So we can post them on Facebook so people can see like you're walking down the aisle and like, whoa, there's somebody dressed like Pidge from Voltron with their mom dressed as, you know, Princess Allura. And you're like, oh, like, can I take a picture of you? You know, uh, there were it wasn't that often that I found myself doing that at this show. I don't I'm not really sure why there was a lack of cosplay like that. But, uh, you know, there was a really cool guy dressed as the Rocketeer <laughs> that we made sure to get a picture of. But. Yeah, there didn't seem I didn't feel myself like compelled to whip out my phone as much as I have at other cons. So I 100 percent agree with you there. Yeah, it's possible that they could have been doing a costume um, like a cosplay contest at some point that we weren't aware of. <laughs> and that's and that might be where everyone was or that might be what everyone was geared towards. Um, but I did like like you said, there was a, a person just as the Rocketeer. Like, you know, I, I haven't seen that a lot in cons. Uh, there was a couple dressed as um uh, Gomez and Morticia Adams, which was really cool. I can't remember the last time I saw that at a con. So the the people that did show up in cosplay, they were definitely some nice original cosplayers or original costumes that uh, that you don't really get to see a lot. So that I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And you got to meet a cosplayer while we were there. Oh yes, yeah. So I saw uh, two guys walking around as as a uh, Black Panther and Killmonger. So of course, if you're in a room and you see Black Panther walking by, you immediately have to yell out Wakanda forever, or maybe it's just me. Uh, but I, that, that's what I did. So what you're saying is you're one of those people that contributes to Chadwick Boseman hating life. No, Chadwick Boseman, I would just cry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get the words out, but if he was walking around in full Black Panther costume, yeah, you have to, you kind of have to do it. Uh, so yeah, I got to meet him. Uh, it's a cosplayer named a uh, chocolate ninja cosplay. And he, uh, and, said that he had a throne like a, a wakanda throne that uh you can get your picture taken on so obviously i'm gonna do that so uh yeah i got to find him on the floor and take a seat on the wakanda throne next to black <laughs> you were so happy <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing moment for me and you can see pictures of that on the uh on the facebook page but uh right. it, it was awesome that uh, that was an amazing thing and he's a really cool dude and uh you will be able to hear an interview with him too. I got a chance to chat with him a little bit for the show and hear what he's all about. All right, Marky Mark, So Wizard Podcast. I am at Empire State Comic Con 2019 and I am here with Chocolate Ninja Cosplay, who has put together an amazing Black Panther throne 
uh, that I was lucky enough to get my picture taken in. Uh, Chocolate Ninja Cosplay, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing really good, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, where did you get the idea to make a full-size throne for your Black Panther um, cosplay here? Uh, my friend Colin, actually, uh, before Christmas came around, he gave me the idea. He's like, we should make the throne. And in my head, that means I should make the throne so he can sit in it. <laughs> okay. And then, um, you know, Christmas came and went, and I kind of didn't think about it. And then my friend Eric, who's one of the showrunners for this con, he's like, would you like to be a guest? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, what can I do to to bring some value to the, the con? And I was like, okay, I'll just build the throne. And then six weeks later, here we are. Nice. The throne looks amazing. How long did it take you to put this all together? It took exactly six weeks to make this throne. It was a collaboration between myself, uh, Ben Parker Studios, who did all of the lovely uh, laser cut fabrication. And then myself and Grandpa Ron's workshop. Uh, we, we fabricated this throne out of plywood and number two pine. Now, do you do any other kind of builds at all, or was this kind of like your first time digging into something like this? Uh, I've worked with 3D print before. I have a, a Doomfist cosplay from Overwatch. Um, I've also done uh, many different things out of foam fabrication and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes I get things custom made, like my suit is made from RPC Studios. Um, I do a scorpion cosplay and all, all sorts of different things. Nice, man. Nice. So, all right. Completely on a, a completely different topic. Obviously, you love the Black Panther movie. What are you expecting to happen for either Avengers Endgame or Black Panther 2? Um, I expect in the Endgame for, obviously, T'Challa to be resurrected and it would be He'll have, you know, maybe a minute of screen time with him coming back to life and that'll be about it. But for Black Panther 2, I'm expecting him to actually, uh, with the merger, with the Fox merger complete, him to meet Storm. Oh, okay. If he, if he doesn't meet Storm, I expect him to, uh, to give up the mantle of King mm -hmm. and something to happen to him where Shuri then becomes the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Because there's a, there's a story arc between him actually battling Nakia mm -hmm. and her becoming the villain and so something along those lines because you know Killmonger is no longer in the picture and Claw's no longer in the picture so where else can they go right, that's a good answer it's a good answer alright so my man where can people follow you if they wanted to check out some more of your cosplay and uh, see what else you have going on at the other conventions uh, the next convention I'll be at is uh, Anime Boston and then after that, I'm playing around with the idea of going to EpicCon down in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it would be Terrificon and Grand Estate Comic Con. Um, on my social media is Chocolate Ninja Cosplay uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Nice, man. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. You have yourself a good day, man. Thank you. Awesome. Well, it's good to hear from Chocolate Ninja Cosplay. I will certainly agree with you that their throne and costumes were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you guys should definitely uh, follow them on uh, Instagram and, and, and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, and invite them to your cons. <laughs> definitely, definitely. When does that look? seriously? I, we go to a lot of cons. I don't think I've ever seen a Wakanda throne where you can sit on. It's amazing. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, that was cool. And then uh, we did go to some panels. So the first panel we went to was writing and visual storytelling with the pros, which was about comic books and the creative process for making comic books. And we had uh, some pretty legendary art uh, writers there. We had Carl Potts, probably best known for his work on Doctor Strange. 
We had uh, Ron Mars, who you would probably best know for creating and writing a extremely long run on uh, Green Lantern with uh, Kyle Rayner. And, of course, Mark Denny O'Neill, who's written a million things for DC, but probably most famous for his work on Batman. Um, and you met him uh, later on at his table and got him to sign an issue of the Venom storyline, not Venom, Spider-Man Venom, but... <laughs> Yeah, Denny, Denny O'Neill is one of those guys that if you ever watch any kind of documentary that talks about Batman and they sit down with some of the like original creators uh, that worked on the stories, he's on almost every single video. That's how I got to know him. I mean, obviously, I read the book when I was younger, um, the Venom run, um, but I recognize him from being a guy in all of the DC Comics slash Batman documentaries. Uh, he's one of the talking heads and he's awesome. He knows he's been in the business for a while. He's uh 79 years old right now, coming up on 80 this year. Uh, so it's ironically the same age as Batman. I just realized that. And he's such a cool dude. The, the interviews that he gives on those uh, those documentaries were awesome. So Venom was one of those storylines that back in the, uh, let's see, back in the early 90s when the world was like fully engripped in Batman hype, uh, DC announced a run called Legends of the Dark Knight, which was going to be specific stories about Batman. Uh, just little chapters, something that you didn't have to like dive into issue 653 to right. get they were out up. of continuity, like yeah. just single arc stories. Mm -hmm. So it was perfect for me to like dive back into Batman because like I said, it, it, after 89, you know, that that's all anyone was talking about. So uh, Legend of the Dark Knight was one of the uh, first books that I was uh, subscribed to that I was getting at my, my local comic book shop. And there was a story called Venom in which uh, Batman tries to rescue a little girl who's in a room, who's trapped in a room that's filling up with water. And he, the only way to save her is to move this giant boulder. And he couldn't move it. He tried and he tried, he couldn't move it. And a girl wound up drowning. And it was, it messed up Batman. And it turned him into, uh, he just, he needed a way to not let that happen again. And he turned to this, uh, started taking these pills that I guess you could say steroids, for lack of a better word, which gave him the strength to, uh, be able to lift boulders and do stuff like that. But then, uh, obviously, he became addicted to them and it started to mess with him. Uh, it, and in that storyline, I don't know, it, it, I don't, I I don't want to say it affected me, but I was blown away by how detailed and how uh, dramatic it was. It was a really good storyline, and it, it stuck with me. Out of all of those Legends of the Dark Knight stories that I read, that's the one that I remember. Because seeing Batman fail, like, broke my heart. So, uh, yeah, I so I knew Denny O'Neill from writing that story, and... I love that story so much. I just wanted to meet him. And luckily, thanks to Joey, uh, I don't have a copy, a original copy of those Dark Knight books. But um, if you try to buy them now, they're like super expensive. Uh, but we did find some comic book sellers at the con, had their books all lined up. Joey was somehow magically able to sniff out <laughs> one of those issues I'm at the point where I'm like, uh, there's just too many books. I don't even feel like looking. But Joey found one and I was able to get one signed by Denny O'Neill. And so that was like a true second highlight of the other trip for me right and there's no way i was gonna let you not get his autograph i knew you were like oh, i'm just gonna go say hi and shake his hand i'm like you gotta get a fucking book signed <laughs> like this dude is 89 how old is this guy uh, 79, 79 yeah old? he'll be 80 pretty soon 79 years old you're not really gonna get too many more cracks at this so you know we there were a couple booths selling comics and i just got my phone out pulled out an Pulled up an app, searched Denny O'Neill's name, so I knew exactly what issues he wrote and what books, and went digging. 
Yep. And honestly, out of like the sea of books, the way that he was, the way that you were able to find one of those is just amazing. Blew me away. <laughs> Anything for my princess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much, dude. And I was able to have him sign the book and shake his hand and tell him how much he meant to me throughout the years as a, as a writer. Uh, he also wrote um, the other thing that he wrote that influenced my life is the the DC Comics Guide to Writing Comics. He literally wrote the book on how to write comic books. That's how good he is. That's uh, a phenomenal book. By it, the way. Yeah, it's an amazing book. If you want to have an idea, if you want to create comics and you want to have a good idea of how to get started or what to look for, that book is it's a lifesaver. It's amazing. Um, and the fact that he created that or that he worked on that gives you an idea how good of a writer he is. Uh, so, like I said, this book has been a part of my life for years, decades. So a chance to meet him was very cool. So I got to shake his hand, although his hearing is kind of gone, so I'm not sure he really heard me. <laughs> but uh, I did get to shake his hand and tell him how much uh, his work meant to me. Or he's just sick of hearing it all the time. He's pretending to ignore you. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Whatever, kid. Get out of here. But that was a good panel, though. That was an interesting panel. That's one of those panels where it might not be the most interesting thing for everybody. But for me, I could sit there and listen to, you know, these legendary creators talk about their creative process for hours, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether it was these guys at this con, which was great. Or when we were at Fan Expo Boston last year and John Byrne was talking about it or Terrific Con last year where uh, Christopher Priest was talking about mm -hmm. it. Like I could listen to these guys talk about how they go about creating all day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those guys had a lot of really good stories uh, on that panel, and they were very uh, complimentary of each other, too, which is very cool. Nice, nice. So then, uh, right, was it right after that? We didn't even get up. <laughs> we stayed right in the same room, and uh, there was a panel for The Last Dragon, the classic 80s film uh, run by our friend Lewis from The Angry Geeks, mm -hmm. was the moderator for the panel. And it was, of course, always great to see Lewis Wonder Woman and Jeremy at the show, though they were ultra busy, so we didn't really get to hang out with them that much. Yeah, I'm so mad I didn't get a chance to, to see. I saw Jeremy for like a second, and I saw Lewis for like a hot second when I, I jumped on stage and helped him out. There's a weird picture of us hugging. I couldn't resist putting my arms around a the guy. Um, they were uh, they were filming the panels they were doing, and uh, they needed someone to help blocking <laughs> for the filming yep. and so mark played the role of bruce leroy <laughs> <laughs> my my debut <laughs> they're like we need a tall black guy <laughs> where <laughs> look around the room mark get over here <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah so i was bummed i didn't get a chance to see uh jamie that wonder woman yep i did see her and I, I got to see all of them individually but it was just like it wasn't like other cons where we get to talk to them and hang out for a while because they were literally were moderating every single panel <laughs> yeah they were busy yeah it was is reminded me a lot of when we saw superheroes speak at new york comic con where it was like let me talk to you for 15 minutes okay you're super busy bye <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah the next panel we went to was uh the last dragon with uh Tymok and lewis from angry geeks and that's one of my favorite movies of all time mark so i don't know how you feel about it but I love that movie. I love that movie so much. It's, it's it, I saw that movie probably four times in the theaters when it originally came out in 85. It's definitely one of my favorite movies growing up. And um, I I had to ask, um, because we're at the panel, 
you know, they needed, they wanted someone to, you know, ask questions. They put the, the microphone out in the audience. And I had to ask Ty Mac how he felt about the first time that he saw himself on the screen. Like, the you know, making a movie is kind of a boring, boring process. You know, you, you're on a set and, you know, every, nothing is real. It's all like make-believe. But then I wanted to see his reaction. I wanted to know what his reaction was after he saw it all put together with the special effects and the music and stuff. And he said it was still overwhelming. <laughs> it, it was kind of a, a blink for him because uh, all of the hype and all of the, the excitement of the movie, he wasn't, I think he was still like shell-shocked from all of it. Uh, but the fact that I got to ask Bruce Lee where a question, that, that made my year right there, especially because I love that movie so much. And he's so cool. He's such a cool dude. And I don't understand. If you look at the, there's a picture of us on the Facebook page. I was a kid when I saw The Last Dragon. So obviously he was older than me. How am I older than him now? I was at 30, <laughs> I was at 30 years later and I'm, I'm old, way older than Bruce Lee, right? I don't understand that. Um, I think he works out every day and takes care of himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. That could be it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the panel was great. Uh, I loved listening to his stories. They were, it was all over the place. Let's be real. <laughs> but we got to hear ridiculous stories about like Mike Tyson and <laughs> filming last dragon and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, like you said, Mark, he is hilarious mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Awesome panel. And then we went upstairs afterwards and we got to meet him and get a picture together, which you can see on our Facebook page, but he was even cool in person. So. Yeah. He's a very, very nice dude. Very cool dude. And we, I want him to be an either, the Star Wars franchise or the MCU. Someone has to take advantage of this guy's talent because he's amazing. I mean, he doesn't, he said in the panel, he doesn't play like the Hollywood game. So he's not really down for all that butt kissing, but he's such an amazing talent. Um, He needs to be in one of these big sci-fi franchises, one of these big geeky franchises. Oh, they are making Shang-Chi very soon. So Seriously, Marvel call him, please. So yeah, we we got to meet him and that was great. You can see the picture on the Facebook page. You know, we walked around and talked to a couple more of our friends. Uh Zombie Leader was in the house with the the uh Savior's compound fencing display. You can get your picture taken with. And he was dressed as Indiana Jones' dad. Yep. Which is hilarious cuz it looks great. And he was there raising money for his charity. And Markels, you got to talk to him a little bit. Let's hear what that sounded like. All right, Wiz Kids, Marky Mark. So was our podcast. I'm at Empire State Comic Con, and I'm here with the one, the only friend of the show, the zombie leader himself. What's going on, dude? How you doing? What's up, So Wizard World? What's going on out there? We are at uh, Empire State this weekend. This is my. 25th year raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and I'm excited to tell you that we are about $3,500 away from $200,000 raised for the charity. Most of that um, occurred outside of Con Life but Con Life has added on out of that about $75,000. So I'm very excited. That's amazing, dude. And every time I see you at one of these shows, your set gets a little bit more elaborate. The props get a little bit more fancy. Uh, talk a little bit about the last thing that you had going on regarding this uh, Walking Dead set. Yeah, so um, two years ago, we got a phone call from Rhode Island uh, Comic Con, and they're like, hey, we got this room we don't know what to do with. Do you, would you like it? And I'm like, of course I would like it. <laughs> and then in a panic, call my friends who 
we build set stuff and uh, we were able to put something together and then it's kind of taken off from then so um, Deaderface Cosplay has put together some uh, Walking Dead photo ops and uh, Rhode Island owns this show and owns Comic Con so we've been kind of kind of hitting their circuit and uh, people enjoy it we're getting some celebrities occasionally come over mm-hmm. and photo op with the stuff at Rhode Island we had a couple of the Walking Dead people come into the room which was nice, nice. and then even today um, somebody from another con happened to walk by and was like I like what you're doing mm-hmm. um, do you want to come to our show I'm like let's check the dates and we'll get back to you so that was cool that's good, man. That's good. And and what you're doing here is for a good cause, and you've been doing it for, God, since I've been coming to conventions. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, is there anything else that you have coming up, anything planned, any special events that uh, people could get behind if they sure. wanted to? Um, on Facebook, I have a page called uh, Comic Art for Leukemia Lymphoma. So I kind of, as donations of comic art comes in, I... Uh, put them up on uh, eBay Giving Works and auction them off. So, like, you know, you can kind of check that periodically for new stuff that comes in. Um, I'll be at Rhode Island. I'll be at Super Mega Fest. We might be at Scarathon now. Mm-hmm. So, we might um, try to uh, get into a couple horror shows, which we haven't done before. But it, it's totally the market. Obviously. I was going to say, you guys would fit right in with all of this stuff here. So, uh, you know. We weren't doing as many shows, but I'm trying to do quality over quantity. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to get photo ops when I can. Um, I'll be at Boston, Fan Expo Boston, but I'll be there with, um, I won't have this set. I'll have uh, the Simpsons Couch Rhode Island right. with me, mm-hmm. and he's got some minions. So they want more of a kid-friendly vibe. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I can give you whatever you want. Just tell me what you need, and nice. we'll make it happen. Nice. So they're excited to have us back, and we're excited to be there, too. Cool, cool. Now, if people wanted to make a donation to, uh, to help you out, help you reach your goal, where can people go? Well, uh, you could go to www.lls.org, and you can donate right on the site. Um, that's the easiest thing to do. I want, I'm not worried about getting credit for, for that. Otherwise, catch me at a show. So we've got photo ops, we've got art donated, autographs, things like that. You know, if you see something, make a donation and take it home with you that day. Well, your cosplays are also on point, man. I'm digging the Henry Jones Sr. outfit. Uh, Dude, thank you very much again for uh, spending time to talk to us. And we will definitely catch you at one of the other shows, man. Thanks again. You got it. And have you seen Junior? All right. So, yeah, definitely check out Zombie Leader uh, on Facebook or Instagram, and you can check him out if he's at a con in the area. He's all over the place at just about every con here in the Northeast, so uh, you definitely get your picture taken with him. Donate some money to his cause and tell him So Wizard sent you. Uh, moving on down the line, we also had our friend James from the Ghostbusters in Massachusetts. Ghostbusters uh, cosplay group was there. We had to talk to him for a little while do some more shopping and then uh we ran into some more friends of ours mark who did we get to see uh well i definitely wanted to meet our buddy our friend of the show rich woodall uh he was there premiering his new book the electric black uh rich woodall and joseph schmalky uh it's a anthology book it's like a horror uh different horror stories that they both wrote and drew together uh and uh rich um you might remember he was a creator of the Johnny Ray Gun book, and he also did a, another book that I love called Space Force. 
uh, about Donald Trump Space Force, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, I got to chat with him for a little bit, and uh, here's an interview with uh, Rich Woodall. All right, Marky Mark. So was your podcast. I am at Empire State Comic Con 2019, and I am here with friend of the show, Rich Woodall, creator of Johnny Raygun and one of my new favorite books, Space Force. Rich, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So uh, I love Space Force. Uh, I was very glad to uh, back it on Kickstarter, and I'm so glad that it came out. The quality is really, really nice. Um, you have your new project, The Electric Black. Can you talk a little bit about what that's about? You, you bet. Thank you so much, one, for backing the Kickstarter. I really do appreciate that. And uh, I, I really try to put a lot of quality into the books. They're expensive, I know, so I appreciate it. Uh, the Electric Black is a new book that... Uh, I'm doing with Joe Schmalky um, for Scout Comics, and uh, it's it's basically about an anti a cursed antique shop has cursed items in it. Uh, it's a little bit of an EC comic type type book, a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. But what we want to do different is we want to tell the story behind the Crypt Keeper guy. So this our stories are going to focus a little more on our main character Julius Black, who is uh, he's he's the uh, proprietor of the shop runs everything he's got a couple like whack jobs that work for him in the shop and uh the first issue is a, a little tales from the crypty where we have a main story with julius and then we have a couple sub stories about some of the items in the shop um and then in the second issue it goes in a totally different direction so so we're having a lot of fun with it it's a it's a great chance joe and i both write and draw it so that's like a weird combo but uh, we get to split the book in half. He does half of it, I do half of it, and we just have a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, did pick up a copy. I'm looking forward to reading it. I flipping through the pages. It was it was strange that both of you guys write it and draw because your art styles really blend well together. Uh, is that going to be something that you guys are going to continue to do, where you do page together, or you really want to try to focus where you're doing part of the book writing and drawing, and he's doing part of the book writing and drawing? So with with the first. First issue, we tried to kind of like, one of us will do layouts and the others will do pencils and then one of us will ink and, and that wasn't working. We, we did a lot of experimenting trying to see what worked and what didn't work. Um, and now we're on the second issue and we kind of have our, we kind of have our groove. The second issue is a lot easier because it's 16 pages of sub story, 16 pages of main story. So we just, we both wrote it. But we split it right down the middle in the art. I'm doing the sub-story. He's doing the main story. Uh, but with the third issue, there's no sub-stories. It's all main story. And we're going to have to figure out... Like, we've we've written it, but we have to figure out how we're going to divide up the chapters into who's drawing what. But uh, but then I color everything, and that, that kind of makes some of the glue that that brings our styles together so it's kind of it's kind of nice like i i tried to hone my style towards what joe does um he's really great about adding lots of shadows and and moodiness and stuff so i tried to i tried to emulate some of his inking style and stuff now if people wanted to check out electric black which they should have heard of you're on social media promoting it all over the place uh but if people wanted to check it out uh where can they find it um, so it's uh, it's hitting the shelves uh, all over the U.S. and in Europe uh, on the 24th of this month of April, and um, and then if you can't find it at your local comic shop, ScoutComics.com, uh, and they should have if they're not sold out. We're uh, we're already anticipating going into second printing with the first issue, so we're pretty excited about that. 
Wow, so you mean the one that I got tonight is kind of like an exclusive? It's, yeah, yeah, it's already it's already gone up in value. It's not even out yet. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, Rich, thank you very much, man, for taking the time to talk to So Was Your Podcast, and good luck with the new book, man. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. All right. Fantastic. Well, I think you should definitely check out his work because his book's pretty awesome. <laughs> I haven't read the Trump Space Force one yet, but the... Uh, Johnny Raygun's great, and the one that you bought, what was the name of that again, Mark? The Electric Black. Electric Black looks really cool, so probably going to buy a copy of that next time we see him, which hopefully will be a Plastic City Comic Con, but if not, Terrific Con or Rhode Island. <laughs> There's plenty of cons coming up where we'll see him, so I'm definitely going to probably pick that up. Excellent. And then moving on, we had one last bit of friends that we ran into, Mark Ellis. Yeah. We- Tell us a surprise. <laughs> We actually ran into not one, but two members of Rock Candy, both of the hosts, Ashley and Maggie. Uh, If you're not listening to Rock Candy Podcast, uh, what are you doing with your life? You need to listen to this show. It's amazing. Uh, We met Maggie last year and uh, at at the same con. Right. And this is like the crazy shit that goes down in the inside world of podcasting. Like, I, I don't know, these weird coincidences and things that happen. So, like, last year we were at Empire State Comic Con, and Steven from Super Retro Throwbacks, I mentioned that we were there on Twitter. He responded to me on Twitter and said, I'm at that show, too. And I had interacted with him a little bit on Twitter, but not a lot. So then we met up with him there, and it was cool. And now we're friends with Steven, and, and, you know, he's been on our show, and we're trying to coordinate being on his. Um, But, yeah, so we made a cool new uh, podcasting friend. And then... (laughs) Rock Candy replied to it and was like, hey, I'm here, too. And I didn't even know who that was because I hadn't even interacted with them. We were like, "Okay," So we went and and found Maggie and talked to her. And she's cool as hell. So we're like, I'm going to check out this fucking podcast. And their podcast fucking rules. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. Over the course of last year, we like became really good friends with them. So now it's just like we're going to the show again. We have to meet up with them. Yeah, yeah, and I was expecting to see Maggie there because uh, we ran into her last year. So she was there helping out um, her buddy Lewis, who has a booth there called Item Git uh, that has like a lot of really cool geeky stuff. He was there last year uh, with some stuff, and uh, there's actually um, an interview with him too that I'm gonna play also. Uh, but I thought we're just gonna see Maggie there because we saw her there last year. But Maggie and Ashley were both there, so that that blew my mind that they were together. So. I was very excited to speak to both of them uh, for like a little while to have them talk uh, a little bit about their podcast and and beg them to make a a K-pop episode just for me. So, Wizard Podcast, this is Marky Mark. I am at Empire State Comic Con, and I am joined by the lovely and talented Rock Candy Podcast. We have Maggie and Ashley. Ladies, how are you doing today? We're doing pretty awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know. It, it's weird. Where do I put my face? It's 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 weird doing a podcast like on the floor. It, yeah. It's it's very odd instead of like you know sitting at a table and being comfortable. I, I get that. I get yeah. that. Um, I listen to your show all the time. The Prince episode is my personal favorite. And as much as I hate Guns N' Roses, and I've made no secret of that, can't stand Guns N' Roses, but damn, that episode was hysterical. I cracked up. The thought of little Axl Rose wanting ice cream is just the the funniest thing in the world to me. Right? Uh, So now that we're, like, in the same vicinity, I wanted to ask a little bit about the podcast for for our fans who uh, haven't checked it out yet. Where did you get the idea 
to do the podcast. Uh, let's start with Ashley. <laughs> um, literally one day, I think all of our whole group of friends were just hanging out. And this was very early on when I like, like first met Maggie. She's like, I really want to do a podcast. I think I'd be really good at it. But nobody <laughs> wants to do one with me. And I just literally looked at her and said, I'll do it. Wow. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And that's how we did it. Yeah. 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 That's okay. literally how it happened. Maggie, why did you want to do a podcast? Just simply because you thought you would be really good at it? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I really have been into podcasts on and off for probably the past eight years or so. Okay. Um, and then I just started working a job two years ago where I listen to podcasts all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into like the true crime podcasts. And it's amazing how I feel that the the medium has evolved from 2012 to what it is now in 2019. And I didn't realize I could do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I can do this too. Some, sometimes you hear some, you're like, no, nah, I could do that though. And then I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and the biggest thing for Ashley and I was, well, well, what are we going to talk about? Because we're both in love with true crime. Like, true crime podcasts are kind of our big thing. But there's so many of there's them. so many. It's, so. Yeah, it's inundated with true crime podcasts. So we figured, why don't we do music? Because we both love Behind the Music, and Behind the Music is gone. Right. So why can't we just pick up the slack where VH1 is yeah. losing it a little bit? Right? And I feel like whenever we'd hang out, we would always talk about music. Did you know this about this artist? Did you know this about this song? And we thought, well, that makes sense now because this is what we always talk about anyway yeah and so it was a good idea we are really enjoying ourselves we're trivia nerds <laughs> now uh, how do you decide which musical groups you're going to talk about on the podcast because like when i discovered it i mean like i said i listened to the prince one the um the missy elliott one i'm like wait wait this isn't <laughs> how is how, how are they rock candy and they're talking about missy elliott so I, that that kind of blew me away so how do you guys decide which artists you want to cover for the podcast we kind of just do what we want we do but also it helps we do theme months a lot of times you know in february we did black history month in march we did women's history month uh may is coming up like little teaser we're going to do mental health awareness month so we're going to talk about a lot of artists that have mental health issues Mm -hmm. so that helps a lot to kind of give us focus um but then sometimes like we'll be like I really want to learn about this artist, so I'm just going to do this episode. Or I've been listening to a lot of this CD, so... Not CD, like, this artist Spotify. (laughs) Nobody listens to CDs anymore. And, you know, then we'll just say, let's do it. I'll just do the episode. And it's fine. Yeah, or if there's, like, a a specific topic that we want to do, if we need a break from the really heavy stuff, like, there's weeks where we go, like, Michael Jackson, and then this one, and then another heavy hitter. Um, sometimes you just need something to lighten it up. So we'll do like a playlist of something of some sort, like our favorite well, cover songs, we, our favorite cover songs and sexy sax solos <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. Sometimes you need that break though. Yeah. You really need a break. And I think after mental health month, we're going to need a break. Oh, so June's going to be a real happy month. Yeah. Because we can, like, it's going to be a, a downer, yeah. but it'll be good. And I guess at first I was a little concerned when we would cover not rock because we are called rock candy, but coming up with a podcast, you probably know coming up with a podcast name is very hard yeah. and coming up with a podcast name that nobody else has yep. is even more difficult. Mm. So we thought that just sounded really cute, rock candy, like your sweet treats of mm. weekly music stories. So it, it just, it worked. And yeah, maybe it's not always 
rock rock but i don't know you can make the argument that all music's kind of rock because it changes things and really rock is not necessarily a genre but like almost a way of like how music changes mm-hmm. if that makes any sense no were I'm you very tired were you guys aware <laughs> of vince neal's original band rock candy were you guys no, aware no. of it? oh my god we were so no excited idea. when we saw that actually wasn't one of our friends was the one who messaged us and said did you know Vince Neil's first cover band? And we're like, no! It was very cool. All right, now, you. one of the things that I actually really love about the show is the amount of research that you guys do for the episodes. Like, there's information that you guys are giving out that I don't know anyone who likes these bands would know or you know be familiar with. How long does it take you to come up with all of this research? How, how long does it take you to research a particular topic before you're ready to record? I think it really depends. If it's a band that we're already really into and we know a lot about, it's a whole lot easier. Like when I did um, I did the album review for In Utero by Nirvana, yeah. I already knew so much about Nirvana that I kind of just needed one book to like check my facts on and just, you know, typed everything up in like a day. I can do my research and write my notes in a day. I only need a day, but Maggie likes to take longer than that. Well, I... Yeah, I need I need more than that. And actually, when I was, it's funny though because you say when you know a lot about the band. When we did, when I did Queen, I spent three or four weeks on research. Yeah, it it was very intense. But I mean, we you may do it in a day, but you still take eight to ten hours on that oh, day. Yeah. Like, like it's a full the work entire day. day. The yeah. entire day. Yeah, and I'll I'll do I'll read up on it beforehand because mm. um, just knowing the information a little bit beforehand helps a lot in just figuring out how you're going to write your notes and then i have like a gazillion google tabs open (laughs) plus an audiobook and like all these other things so it's complicated but yeah like a whole day is taken up at least whole work day well you guys do an amazing job uh if people want it to follow your show and listen to it i mean we talk about it whenever we can on the show but if the listeners far the listeners wanted to find out where to listen to more of your show where can they find you at well, we're on pretty much anything you can listen to. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, you can even just like go to our website and listen to it straight from the website or grab um, you know, the, the podcatcher kind of thing. I don't know how that works. I have an iPhone, so I just listen to everything through Apple because it's right there. But yeah, you can catch us anywhere. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look for Rock Candy Podcast. All right, now, and what would I have to do in order to have you guys cover a K-pop group? I think Maggie's all about that. I I mean, like, I don't know when. Maybe June. (laughs) Because we'll need it. I actually would love to talk about the phenomenon of K-pop. Because it does, I don't listen to a lot of it. I actually was a huge Japanophile in high school and college. So I listened to a lot of J-pop. The whole K-pop thing, totally up my alley. And I do, I, while I'm not super into it, I do like, sometimes Spotify will be like, yo girl, I know you into this, here you go. And I'm like, this is a jam, all right. So I would actually love to talk about the phenomenon of K-pop because it is insanely popular mm-hmm. and I, I'm into it. So I would love to cover the phenomenon itself. Well, if you have any questions that I can help you out with, I will be more than happy to deliver my little knowledge. And I will tell you right now, you put, you hashtag K-pop, in an episode, your your numbers are there. That's it. You're done. You guys are you guys are gonna go to the next that's, level. That's how everybody does it. Yeah. Oh, 
Is that Figured what we're missing? Out. Yeah, it's the K- hashtag K pop. Yeah, but be prepared for like for the him. war <laughs> if you get something wrong. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being corrected on hey, something. We, we did the black metal episodes and nobody came for us. So, wow. so yeah, that's good. Awesome. People, right. people have been pretty good. People are pretty nice. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, me, and the Soul Wizard crew. Uh, we love your show so much. I mean, I, I, I really do. The amount of joy that I get out of this, I can't believe I we bumped into you just here at the convention. And once we started listening to that show, I was like, "This is this is the best show. This is one of the best shows ever." So thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for talking to us. <laughs> and we also, as Markella said, got to talk to Lewis from the Item Get booth. Um, let's hear that. All right, was kids, Marky Mark. So was your podcast, Empire State Comic Con 2019, and I am here with Lewis, a creator of Item Get, uh, a bunch of amazing, geeky, really cool merchandise here at Empire State Comic Con. I came across it last year, absolutely loved it. This year, he's blown it up even bigger with more cool stuff. Lewis, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now. The stuff that you're doing, man, is way bigger and more elaborate than last year. What happened in the year since I saw you last? So I decided that I didn't want to do shirts anymore and that I wanted to get into something a little bit more uh, crafty. And I looked into um, laser cutters or laser printers or engravers. And I actually found one after researching all these different models. And this one actually uh, was within my price range. And it was a Big investment, but um, I'm able to create all of these really cool, geeky things um, that I would not have been able to do just by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like you just said, uh, completely different from what I've been doing in the year prior. Yeah, from just t-shirts and dice now, like dice towers and uh, pins and acrylics and lamps and clocks and things like that. You know, and then being able to get into the Etsy market and do personalization and engravings and stuff like that. So that's. That's really the, the bill for me. You know? One of my favorite things that I saw you come up with is these um, lights, these little um, different color lights with these emblems that shine. Uh, the Black Panther one that you posted was gorgeous, and uh, I will have that at some point <laughs> as soon as I find a place for it. Uh, but other than that and the, um, the dice uh, and the laser graving, are you still doing T-shirts, or is that, is that something that you're just kind of putting back on a back burner? So I'm putting that on the back burner only because of uh, inventory is really difficult. And, you know, being that I'm in Brooklyn and having to travel around the Northeast to these conventions, having this stock really does take up a lot of space and room. And it's really difficult to make sure you have everyone's size, you know, um, and then I try to order as much as I can. And I've, I've gotten screwed a couple times with suppliers, you know, their quality isn't great or, you know, since I don't have the control to make it myself, you know, so... I'm sort of easing away from that. You know, I've I got a couple uh, popular ones, like the RuPaul's Drag Race 64, which everyone gets a kick out of, or even the Khaki Ween's Donuts, uh, which is great am- among the uh, the JoJo Bizarre Adventure uh, fandom. Uh, those are those are still pretty popular, so I'll probably continue with those. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm shifting the business into the more engraving, personalization, customization mm-hmm. aspect, yeah. All right, so other than the clocks, <laughs> which are awesome, and the flasks, which are amazing, uh, is there any other products that you're looking to expand to? Is there something else that uh, gets you excited for what you want to engrave next? 
Uh, yeah, actually, I'm starting to get more into the niche of tabletop gaming solutions, like dice towers, dice bags. Uh, recently, we actually just made these dice bags here. I've just purchased a sewing machine, also teaching myself how to sew. Uh, and then hand uh, handcrafting the grommets and the, the pull ties and all that. It was a very long time, a very long, arduous process, a lot of wasted material just to try to <laughs> basically teach myself how to sew onto leather and leatherette. Uh, but I think that is the venture that I'm going into now, the tabletop gaming, which is really blowing up in the industry right now. A lot of people are really uh, drawn into you know this 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 break away from reality. And, you know, being able to, you know, sit with friends and have fun and just tell a story. So I want to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I've been noticing a lot more Dungeons and Dragons being uh, spoken about. Like now it just seems to be like there's definitely a resurgence of people like really getting getting into um, uh, playing board games now um, as opposed to video games. Um, now, if people wanted to check out some of your stuff and uh, purchase some of these some of these amazing products, where can they find you at? So they can find me on either Instagram at shop item get or on Twitter with the same handle. Also on my Etsy page where you can uh, request custom creations. I also do a lot of custom artwork and personalization, and that is a shop item get on Etsy. Nice, nice, because I'm thinking so wizard logo would look really good on some of this merchandise too, so uh, we'll have to see about that. Uh, Lewis, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for stopping by. Great. Uh, definitely want you guys to check out Rock Candy Podcast. Uh, they're on so every podcatching app under the sun. Uh, highest possible, so wizard recommendation. The best thing I can say about their show is that even when they're talking about music I either don't like or don't care about, I still listen to it every week. So if you can get me to listen to people talking about Fleetwood Mac for an hour and a half, <laughs> you got a good fucking show. <laughs> and the topics that they cover are all over the place. They do, like you said, Fleetwood Mac, the episode on Heart was really good. Uh, the episode, the episodes on Guns N' Roses, which I hate uh, <laughs> the band, but I love those episodes. Uh, the episode on Prince was hysterical. So, uh, yeah, I definitely check them out. Excellent. And of course, item get, look them up on Instagram or Twitter. Check out their website. And if something tickles your fancy, buy it and tell them so wizard sent you. Word. So, you know, and then we spent a little more time walking around the floor, um, interacting with some of our friends. We saw uh, Chris and Amanda from the Brotherhood of Evil Geeks, who I haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen them since like Megafest almost two years ago. So it's cool to bump into them. Always nice to see them. Want to get some crossovers going with them as well. Hopefully we can work that out. You can check them out, obviously, on Twitter and everywhere else that there's podcasts and Instagram. And yeah, I mean, that was really it. Did we go to any other panels? Uh, no, no, I don't think there was. Uh, I don't think there was any other panels that we went to after that. Right. We were going to go to the Angry Geek Show live. Right. Because we always go to that one because it's awesome. And two, they're really good friends of ours. So we want to support them. But it was supposed to be at four o'clock and me going to this panel at four o'clock is going to be a fucking struggle anyway. And then they bumped it back to six o'clock. I'm like, dude, I can't. I cannot. Mm. <laughs> I, I am barely functioning at this point. So we had to bounce, unfortunately. But um, there'll be other cons. So, you know, the Northeast is a very incestuous uh, <laughs> relationship with everyone in the cons. So we'll see them again. But uh, I had a really good time. You know, in closing, what did you think of Empire State Comic Con this year, Mark? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. It's um again, it's a it's a great mid-sized con that is able to squeeze everything that you would want out of a big con into one compact area. 
Uh, I definitely enjoyed hanging out with you and uh, Adam Mollyhawk, who we never really get to hang out with. Just talk to online. And I got to chat with him, hang out with him for a little while. And that was a lot of fun. And uh, yes, shout out to Adam Mollyhawk for, you know, filming all that stuff for us. It was very cool. Any, any Anything that can help me out, <laughs> <laughs> I, I very much appreciate. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun. It's definitely a nice con if, you, um, if you're in that area. You know, or if you're away from it and you don't mind a drive and you want just like the full con experience without the complete ridiculousness of uh, cattle being herded into place after place like some of the other cons, uh, Empire State is definitely the way to go. Awesome. And I will second that. You know, we had a really good time. There's a lot of cool booths and vendors there. They had a good selection of celebrities from all across pop culture. Panels we did get to go to see were really interesting and fun. And like I said, like you said, it, it's not huge, it's midsize, and you're not like crushed like sardines in a can like you are like waiting in line at New York Comic Con or something like that. So I, I would definitely say next year, come check it out and look for us. We'll be there. Fingers crossed, hopefully. And your press pass is providing. Um, that's going to do it for our coverage of Empire State Comic Con. Let's head back to the podcast. All right, so we are back from our talk about Empire State Comic Con. Fantastic time. Thank you so much to Altered Reality Entertainment for allowing us to come as press. But let's wrap up this episode of the podcast. We've got our Patreon feedback for this week. If you would like to be involved in our Patreon feedback, just pledging to the dollar a month tier gets you featured and called out on this segment with your feedback to our topic this week. I decided to keep it real simple and just ask, are you going to get the Disney streaming service when it comes out? So Aubrey, you said yes or yep. maybe, right? Were you a yes or a maybe? I was a maybe, I, th- I believe on the post. And then I chose yes. Okay. And Mark Ellis, you're yes, no, maybe. Uh, I'm a yes. I'm firm. Okay. Yes. I'm already opening up my wallet, so we know how I am. Let's check out what our Patreons had to say. Brent, straight from the Home Video Hustle podcast, said, probably not. And I was just like, why? Why, fam? Why? (laughs) And he said he's tired of all the damn streaming services. So, Uh, Paul from the Countdown podcast, unfortunately can't get Disney Plus because it's not available in Australia. Oh, what? How is that? How is that possible? They don't get all this stuff over there for entertainment. That's why we're so highly ranked in Micronesia. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured Disney was was all over the place, including Australia. Um, they should have it rolled out worldwide, I think, in like a year and a half to two years from launch in America. But it's not going to be available right away in Australia. I think it's only U.S. and Canada to start. So. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Right. Sorry, guys. So sorry, Paul. But if... You know, you want to message me. I'm sure I can show you where to watch the shows. Don't worry about it. John from Pina Comics said no. (laughs) And I said, why? And he said he's not a big Disney guy and he'd rather watch stuff on Blu-ray. But with the pricing being so low, he might go for it. So he was a maybe. Uh, Gary, of course, the king of G.I. Joe, 100% in with us. So fuck yeah, fist bump, Gary. And uh, Maggie from Rock Candy, who we just heard when we were talking about Empire State Comic Con, uh, said maybe. She won't rule it out, but she doesn't watch enough TV to think she wants to spend the money on it. And, of course, Desmond, our friend formerly of Nerdtastic Podcast, said, nah. Wow. 
Now, of course, I had to ask. So it was her senior political correspondent, Amanda, uh, again, one of our Patreons. We love her. And I'm always scared when I talk to Amanda. <laughs> I always feel like she's judging me for my terrible taste in movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I did ask her and she said no. And I asked her if High School Musical colon the musical colon the series was not going to do it for her. And she said that uh, she's not into supporting a monopoly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more that went with that. But the answer from Amanda is no. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that makes <laughs> it sense. It looks like it's all over the place for responses on that. I'm surprised. It sounds like it's going to be kind of like the DC Universe uh, app that came out where they had like, you know, some cool content and the price was right and it had some, you know, unique things to it, but not everybody was down with it. I'm curious to see the people who did get it, what they uh, what they feel about it now at this. Age. I want to see what's there on day one. That's how I think is is kind of what the deciding factor is, because like the DC app, there's a lot of cool things that are like ideas floating around about it. Yep. But then if you like log into it, it's like, okay, one season of Titans curated comic books in like 17 movies, like, not really worth it up front, I guess. It, but I, they're adding more and more stuff now. So as it moves along, it's starting to look more and more like something you want to subscribe to, you know, if Disney plus drops on day one with full season, of the Mandalorian, uh, all these fucking TV shows, all these movies. And you're like, all right, take my money. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I got to see what they drop with day one. But yeah, we're all in. But that's the Patreon feedback for this week. As I said before, jump on a Patreon.com backslash So Wizard Podcast. Pledge just a dollar a month and you can be featured every week with us on the Patreon feedback segment. So let's go around. Wrap this up with some recommendations for the listeners. Aubrey, what do you got for us this week? Um, Sabrina season two is out. I finished it. Be still my heart. (laughs) It is. um, It's cool. I don't hate it. It's cool. Uh, So everybody should check it out. I just played Jump Force uh, for the first time. It came out a month ago, probably maybe a little bit over a month ago. And I finally got around to playing a little bit of it. It's kind of different than how it was advertised. It was advertised as an anime fighting game. And it is... But you create your own character in it, and you are your own anime character. And Goku's voice is really fucking funny. So, yeah, those are my recommendations. Wait, it's based on what? It's What kind of cartoon is it based on? Why don't you understand that anime belongs in the trash? <laughs> I was worried we weren't going to get it in this week, so. <laughs> Try to get it in Excellent. every week. Excellent. How about you, Marcellus? What do you got for the listeners out there? Uh, if you are a fan of Cowboy Bebop like I was, uh, there was another show by the same director called Samurai Champloo, which is yes. amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's a, another uh, amazing anime. Why don't you understand that anime belongs in the trash? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is available on Hulu and Netflix, but if you don't have e- either of those uh it's also now thanks to funimation streaming on youtube so all 26 episodes are streaming on youtube and it's the not the english dub version so unfortunately there is subtitles but you get the original intent of the uh of the characters and it's an amazing show it's uh the animation is amazing it's a a a story that can't exist in any other format other than animation there's a an incredible blend of samurai and hip-hop that's like melded together that 
you couldn't turn this into a TV show. You couldn't make it into a movie. The only way that these, the only way that this story really works is in this format. So uh, it's an amazing anime uh, and it's free on YouTube. So check it out. All 26 episodes. Samurai Shampoo. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Streaming picks, movie reviews, so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podcoin, or just about any other podcatching app under the sun. Search SoWizardPodcast. We'll be there. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast. Pledge to monetarily support the show and get extra episodes exclusive to Patreon and more. Patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, YouTube, and search so wizard podcast. Adam shot a bunch of footage at Empire State Comic Con. We've got that video uploading soon, as well as other weekly content exclusive to YouTube. And that is free, my friends. So check it out. I will suggest that you uh, watch some Star Wars. I don't really have anything to recommend this week, but I love Star Wars, as we've talked about all episode long. And I am just like watching shit on Netflix, like. Last Jedi is on there <laughs> and uh, solo, um, you know, dig out those DVDs and catch up on the Clone Wars, jump onto your on demand and watch some of Rebels because that's pretty hit or miss. But when it's good, it's real good. Or even just dig out those old EU novels and start reading like well, a new Jedi order or something. <laughs> Star Wars rules. So <laughs> that's my suggestion. Now, in terms of next week, I have no freaking idea what we're going to talk about because we're really tired from Empire State Comic Con and we haven't planned that far ahead. But uh, you can come join us. But that's going to do it for episode number 245 of the So Wizard podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts have been the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Goodbye and thanks for all the fish. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. Wakanda forever. Remember, kids, no one's ever really gone. We'll see you next week. Good journey.